I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to this. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. You are listening to The Rugby Dungeon. I'm JB. And today's guest is very, very special. We'll come to him in a minute. But first of all, a quick apology. I feel like I'm doing these all the time, actually, because I have not been recording the Rugby Engine podcast as frequently as I should do. That will change. And, uh, well, the reason being is just that I've had a few personal things going on. I've moved job. So if, 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 if you want to find me, you still can, at Jay Beardmore. But you can also find me at Beardmore & Co. Independent Financial Advisors. So there you go. A little plug for my uh, new employment Anyway, enough of that because what I've what I've been up to is inconsequential. What is important is my guest today, who is the mercurially talented Ryan Lamb. Recently retired, but I can safely say one of my favourite players to watch for an awful long time. So, without further delay, here you go. How are you, mate? Yeah, really well, really well. Not too bad at all, not too bad at all. Yourself? Yes, good, thank you. Now, I can't tell you how excited I am to do this because... Uh, Throughout your whole career, you've been literally one of my favourite players to watch. <laughs> Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I'm not too sure. Well, I don't know. So I'm all in on players that are extremely good at particularly one thing. So whether mm. you know it be a big ball carrier or a big defender, I, I like players that are super intense on one thing. And for me, I yeah. always loved your range of passing. I thought it was absolutely phenomenal. Oh, thank you very much. Nice compliment. Cheers, mate. Uh, so what are you up to now? Because... Um, we had a little exchange on WhatsApp, and I, I, I do remember you tweeting out, you've retired. I was hoping that you might have had sort of second thoughts on that, and maybe you're you know, going to come back for a year if the money's right somewhere. <laughs> um, no, well, I did, uh, I, I retired in, uh, after I finished in France at La Rochelle. That was my original plan. And then um, a guy called Richard Whiffin, who was, uh, I was in London Irish with, he kind of rang me up, and, and because Reese Patrick got injured at the World Cup, they wanted like a more experienced 10. Yes. Um, they, only, they were quite short. And um, lucky enough, I went up there. Um, really enjoyed my time up there. Great club, great people, um, with a good coaching staff, a great coaching staff as well. So it was, it was quite a good time to end on. I, had like a, I did last six months in France. It was it, obviously, I didn't play too much. And there was a lot of things, like a bit of politics going on over there. It was a bit of a nightmare, as anyone would, uh, would tell you, who's maybe played yeah. over in France. Um, but it, I really enjoyed it over there. But then I thought it, it, I kind of finished on a bit of a downer. And then when I went over there, it, it was um, it, it was good. It was a good atmosphere, really vibrant. Um, I was involved quite a lot, and in, especially in meetings and things like that. So it kind of re- rekindled a little bit of my uh, my uh, my rugby joy, and it was uh, it was fun. Yeah. So it was, um, I think it was a good time to finish. I've come back now, and I'm making the transition. Um, I was, 
hopefully get into a bit of coaching. That would have been fun. Um, but obviously, everything's gone a little bit quiet because yeah. of because uh, of what's happened. But I mean, yeah, it's, it's it's been good to spend a bit of time with the family. I've never ever been as much with the kids as I have been, which is uh, interesting oh, and, uh, and fantastic at the same time, obviously. Mate, I'm exactly the same. Since lockdown, I've turned into daddy daycare and I'm surprised how much I actually like them. I, you know, I, I don't find them too bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I agree completely. In the first two or three weeks was difficult, I have to admit. Um, it literally just become, especially as a teacher, uh, a chef. Um, <laughs> yeah, like a, yeah. not, like, it was just difficult, you know, it was difficult. But um, we got we got into a good routine now, so it'd be quite hard to come out of it, to be honest. Yeah, you do get a completely different perspective on how tough teaching is. I'll give them that much. Yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. I might turn the light on quick. Sorry, JB. Yeah, 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 sure. Go for it, mate. There we are, mate. That's better. That's better. That's cool. Um, yeah, but it's all, it's all pretty good. Carry on, Tom. So you're currently building a house, right? Well, I'm in the process of. I haven't actually started yet. I'm trying to. Um, it's quite a project I've been interested in for quite a long time. To be quite honest, been thinking about it, and uh, obviously with the time I've had, did a bit of research, and um, obviously living in Gloucester, I know a lot, a lot of builders and uh, a lot of people in the trade. So it's um, it's quite nice to bounce ideas off people and. Um, yeah, it's been quite exciting to do something completely and utterly new. Um, yeah. And obviously, I uh, did a bit of decking in my garden as well, which is the first time I've ever done anything like that. So it's uh, trying to learn some new skills. Yeah, so, I mean, a lot of rugby players, obviously, you know, you work not as long maybe as other people do, um, although the work is intense whilst you're, you know, quote-unquote, in the office. Uh, was, yeah. was was building or trade or, or being in the trade something which you were particularly interested in when you were playing? Well, my, my father was a builder by trade for a long time. I'm not sure if he was a very good one, but he, <laughs> uh, I, used to work on, I used to work on site um, with him quite a lot when I was younger. I think it was cheap labour, but um, I used to quite enjoy it. It's a good laugh on site as well. It's, it's, it's a lot of similarities to the rugby rugby environment. You know, you go into a place and you've got a few lads on site and uh, you, you kind of work hard, but it's um, it's a bit of, it's a bit of fun as well. So yeah, yeah but, but I won't be doing too much hands on, I don't think, because I want the house to stand at the end of it. <laughs> so um, what what are you thinking about in terms of terms of coaching? Have you hooked up with anyone in the Gloucester area who needs a coach? Yeah, well, I, I um, I had a few discussions with um a, f- a few like championship clubs around this area and uh, and and a few academy a few academy coaches, which is which. Is, Quite promising, um, but obviously when the season got canned, it was, um, yeah. it was a bit difficult. But I've got my level two. I was, I was, they were going to give me a level three and then go through that. And it, was, it would have been a good transition. Um, and it would have been something maybe not so much pressure. I get a bit of experience and then hopefully uh, hopefully go up the ladder a little bit. But it's something that I, I kind of got into at Scarlet's because they kind of gave me a bit of responsibility with like, the younger lads and the younger lads in the squad. And it, it was quite fun. I enjoyed it and I uh, got some good feedback. And um I think coaching younger players with a, a high motivation, it was uh, it, it was quite it was something that I thought, yeah, I could definitely get into this, especially because the enthusiasm that you get back. Were you working with Glenn Delaney at Scarlet's? Yeah, yeah, that's it. He's good. Excellent. So he's, a, he's a good boy, mate. He's a real good boy. Yeah. yeah, I think Glenn's absolutely superb. Did, did you guys cross paths in London Irish or were you just... No, to... he, he came, um, I think, a year or two after I left the Irish. But, um, I mean, he had good things. He's a top bloke. He got, obviously, a very knowledgeable guy as well. And um, 
it's a great environment there, you know. I think like Saracens talk, extra talk about environments yeah. and, uh, and culture and things like that. And I think they've, uh, I think it's a lot easier when you've got so much history behind the club as well. But um, they, they definitely got it right up there, I think. Yeah, I got Glenn Delaney to basically do my homework, which was I coach up in Manchester. And uh, oh, yeah. instead of writing my own line outs, I, um, I asked Glenn Delaney what, you know, what he would do. And that, those have been the line outs for Didsbury Talk H for the past three years now. Has he been uh, unleashing his secrets a little bit? You, <laughs> yeah, uh, not not as more complex ones. I I I can tell you that much. But at level eight, there's only so much complexity that the boys can deal with. Yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. But mate, the same as the higher up the leagues you go, I think boys just want simplicity. They can just do it at a higher intensity and more speed. Um, they don't want to get. They don't want too too much complications because obviously the the match is so intense. Um, yeah. You, you have to get to the next job, next job, and your brain's always going constantly, and uh, and you're always making decisions. So simplicity for me, the rugby's not that much of a complicated game. You can make it complicated with a lot of um, a lot of, especially when you've got six six or seven interna- uh, in nationalities in one room, and you're all and you're trying to explain. Yeah. I think simplicity is most probably the. the the way to go. Yeah. So how do you think you're going to get on as a coach? Because there's always the um... It's always a story about Glenn Hoddle, which he was never a particularly good coach because he expected all the players to be as good as him. Uh, are you are you, are you going to be a, a particularly harsh judge, a particularly harsh coach, or or even get frustrated? No, no. I think um, I, I heard. Uh, I think to be honest, I think the way Saracens coaches sounds sounds really good. What comes out of there when they say they don't they don't punish um, skill errors. Which is which is quite a cool. This is what yeah. I heard of um, coming out. They don't really punish skill skill errors. They punish uh, effort errors. So if they say that you haven't made that the effort to get there, or that, that's something they have to deal with. Skill skill errors. You have to kind of go to the coach and say, listen, we have to improve this type of area in your game, or or vice versa. But I think when they said effort levels, that's where you you have to have that constantly, especially in, in games and things like that. So I think uh, if that's quite a good method to go by if you go into coaching, I feel. If, if someone hasn't, say, uh, they dropped a pass or an offload or something like that, they didn't quite go to hand, I think that's more, you have to go off and work on that. Or yeah. All the you're making around it with the coach. Um, but if it's an effort, then obviously that's, that's all on the player. So then you have to be a bit harsh. It, 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 it is a good point, that, because no one runs out on the rugby pitch wanting to drop the ball. No. And I've made many mistakes in life. So if I, if I went to coaching and then... Uh, Started having a go at people um, trying things and then making errors off the back of it. I think uh, I'll be a bit of a hypocrite if, I, if, if I'm honest. Uh, would you say that you were, when you trained, uh, a a hard effort player? Mm-hmm. Sorry, was I? Yeah. Um, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what the, the problem is with, with me when I was off the field. When I was away from the club. Um, I like to I like to relax, um, and I, I did like to enjoy life. That's not as well. I've got a bit of a reputation as a drinker, and I haven't drank for like seven years, eight really? years. So I think that's that, that was completely uh, misguided. But um, I I used to like my food and all that type of thing. But I never really got fat. But it was like in off season, I would literally have a lot, quite a lot of rest. I feel like my body would rest, and I feel like I got a lot. Say I played what sixteen, seventeen years. Um, I didn't really have a big injury. Um, Maybe that's because I didn't really find the tackles as much, especially towards the end. But uh, yeah, is I, I, on when I actually got into fitness and things like that, and I, I'd go a hundred percent. I mean, I'd go to any camp. I'd try to kill. I'd go to I was sick, so I'd, I wouldn't um, ever kind of pull up. But it'd be 
uh, maybe away from the club, I'd say maybe my effort levels weren't as high. Yeah, it's amazing though, isn't it? You know, as you get older, and of course, I've, I've never played professional, but I've got the I've got the experience of being an older man now. And if only I knew what I know now when I was, you know, in my um, in my twenties, I wouldn't have just be better at rugby. I'd be better at life. You know, the, the, you know there's so many I, things I've to learn. Always said that, uh, rugby is about experiences. I loved I've, I've, the experience I've had in rugby and traveling the world, meeting people. You uh, you're not going to get you're not going to get better than that, and especially a guy a guy coming from Trevor from Gloucester, it's not it's not something that a lot of people do from around there. So is I'm very lucky, and I think to experience things, you can kind of that's what I'd more remember than actually a lot of playing. You know, was being experienced around the lads, mates I've met, countries you've gone, cultures that you've been around. In this, uh, it, it, looking back, that's probably the, the biggest thing I'll take out of my rugby career, to be quite honest. Yeah, well, open my not as a human. Well, I was looking at your uh, play, playing career and actually what you say about not having a serious injury stacks up because you've got a phenomenal amount of appearances and points, actually. It's like over 300 points for three different clubs. I'd be surprised if, if many people have done that. Um, that'd be a good question, sport question. That yeah. Day, uh, uh, yeah, I know. It's, um, I, I played, I was available a lot. I, I wasn't, um, I didn't really get injured. I had a few injuries at Worcester in the championship year through my neck. Um but yeah, after that, I was I had a few couple of month injuries maybe that I was out for, but no, I was always pretty healthy. And, and to be honest, that's why I kind of kept the way I was going. You know, um, I remember the time I had the most probably the worst injuries when I used to go to camp. So if I was away of England, it would be or or Saxons or something. I'd go from a Premiership to England, go back into the start of the season. I would definitely pick up an injury there. Yeah. So and that that was. I always pick up the injury at the start of the year. Though. I can remember a few times I've done my ankles, um, but nothing too serious, luckily. But it would always be at the start of the year if I if I had a camp or an international. Yeah, that I would come back injured. I didn't have my full rest. I think. Now you um, you had a few Saxons appearances. Was that under Stuart Lancaster? I think uh, Stuart picked me for um, recalled me as an Irish to play for the Saxons, and we went to Scotland. And got absolutely torn apart by Stuart Hogg in oh, minus five. Of course. Unbelievable. And I got to I got took off at half time, which is I was quite good. It was 13 0 at half time. And I pretty much got the blame for that. And I had a real big argument with John Callard the next morning. Um and then we lost 38 0. So it couldn't <laughs> have been all me. It couldn't have been all me. What was <laughs> what was your first meeting with Lancaster like? Oh, have you heard this story? Have you? Uh... I, I, I couldn't possibly say, mate. I couldn't possibly say. <laughs> yeah, that was a nightmare. <laughs> um, and obviously, he's one of the most respected coaches around, and um, he's what he's done is phenomenal in his career. So, he's, um, but it is quite a funny story if you if you think about. It. I, I, it was uh, I was late for an England meeting, which is sacrilege anyway, absolute yeah. sacrilege. You're never late for a meeting. And I was only, um, I think, I can't remember how old I was, but. I was playing FIFA, I think, with Lee Mears in the spirit of rugby. <laughs> well, it's important, at least. It was, yeah, I think it was Mears, yeah, I think it was Mears. And then, um, anyway, doc, Paul Hodgson came running down. I was like, Lammy, you're late for a meeting. You got to I was like, oh, my God, nightmare. Like, it was all the decision makers, um, like, all the senior staff, all the physios were in there, everyone, Stuart's obviously first day. And then, I was, obviously, I think I was 21 or 22, so I was 22 maybe. I was nervous anyway. Walked in, Johnny Wilkes and everyone's in the room, obviously. And then uh, I got up and I just thought, oh my God, I'm late. First day, terrible impression. I said, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm late. It's great to meet you, Steve. And then he said, my name's Stuart. And I said, yeah, of course it is. And I sat 
And as I sat down, I looked at Dodge, and Dodge just shook his head and was like, bro, what the how what have you done? And um, I just, I should have just packed my bags then, really, and left because I didn't think much was going on. Was this so? This obviously was a, was a full England camp. I, I thought this was like a, just just the Saxons, but if Mr. Wilkinson is there, no, yeah, yeah, it was in the, it was, in a, it was a, 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 a full senior senior meet. I can't remember. What, it might have been at Loughborough. Loughborough I can't remember. Uh, to be honest, my memory is terrible. Things ever kind of blows into when, but there was a Twickenham. There was a Twickenham, and we went upstairs and from Spirit of Rugby upstairs. And but I was it in the group? I was it in the in the in the email that they they put out? I was it in the group, so I didn't get the the memo for the meeting anyway. But that doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't matter, matter, does it? You should have found out. You should have found out, which is fair enough. But yeah. um, and I think I was there for a week on camp, and then I didn't. And we got then I went to Saxons, got stuffed by Scotland, and I never went back. I don't think. <laughs> when, when you go to like an England camp. Um, I mean, obviously, you're, you're, you're a confident guy. I think anyone who plays 10 must be a confident guy. Um, can you just carry that confidence in into the camp, or, or does it get a bit nervy? Um, I mean, it depends on the person, doesn't it? I think. I mean, I, I was always someone that I used to love uh, when I played. I wanted it. It was an entertainment business for me. I wanted to entertain. That's, that's yeah. It was like a chance to go out and show your skills, you know, and... Um, Obviously, it sometimes doesn't come off, and then you get the stick after. Well, I enjoyed that as well. I enjoyed the, I enjoyed all really. Um, so it was, but it used to, used to when things went well. Obviously, it was lovely, um, and you, you you feel confident. You kind of grow into an environment. But I wasn't really there long enough, really, to be able to stamp my authority in places. And the Saxons camp was a lot easier because you had boys that we played a lot in under twenty ones coming through, like. Um, Used to go on tour with like Stefan Armitage, Jordan Crane, Ben Fold, and these type of guys, Nick Abendon and um, Dylan Armitage. Like, there's loads of guys that we yeah. played with for a long time. You kind of moved through the, and it was a lot more relaxed when you went on Saxons tour. A lot more relaxed. And um, when you go there and have a good time, it was more like we used to call it the Saxon Stag sometimes because it was, <laughs> it was, it was, good, uh, it was a good, good laugh, especially after the tournament. And then, uh, and that was, but then when you went to the senior, you could tell the atmosphere changed. It was lots, which has to be obviously, and a lot more pressure on everyone. Um, and then it kind of turned. It, when I was there, it was like a military camp, and I just can't stand it. It's like you couldn't say boo to a goose, and I could, you couldn't like laugh. You could, it felt like you were awkward if you had a joke or if you made. It was just a hot. It, I didn't like the environment to be in it, and it wasn't for me. Um, That's really interesting. Yeah, it was just. It, I know when people say it's the like it's, it's England, it's it's all this and. Obviously, it's, it's the pinnacle of any guy's career. But when I got there, it just wasn't what I thought it would be. And it was it was very Leicester-orientated uh, when I first went in there, which is fair. I think we doubled it in everything at the time. Um, and it wasn't it wasn't like you kind of come in and you, when at Gloucester, you felt like when you were a young kid come through, you kind of, they wanted you there. You know, it was like, yeah. oh, come on, like, kind of spur you on a little bit. And But there, it was like they kind of, I always got to sound weird. This is how I felt. It was like I had the foot on your head, you know, like keeping you in your place. You yeah. Know, like don't come at your station. Don't get when you have the earn your strike. It's a military teacher background, you know, that's what it is. And um, and I didn't sign up for that. I wanted to go and have, like, go and play and enjoy. This is probably the most best time of my life is going to be playing professional rugby and going away of England and things like that. It's a phenomenal experience, but. When I got there, there was just no way I didn't. I didn't like that. How interesting! Yeah, I mean that is completely right, and it's got to be 
horse like horse like horses for courses. You know, if you're a more relaxed player and you like and, and you like to like to entertain, maybe a more structured environment isn't for you. Maybe it doesn't get get, get the best out of you. It's, it's, it's stru- I mean, I, don't, I didn't really get to the point where we were literally running plays and everything. It was more fitness testing, um, skills, and things like that. And then we we'd start when they, they went into a camp for a, a match. Say, I, yeah. I, I didn't get picked. But the thing is, they always say, oh, we're going to go with Johnny. And it's like, well, yeah, I would as well. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you can't really have an argument to it anyway. So but it was it was just one of those where it was like, there's a few boys, like Stefan Armitage was a phenomenal player for years. And yeah, they say yeah. it's exceptional circumstances. I think he got player, European Player of the Year two years running. Yeah, he one. did. And, and the Heineken Cup. Triple, triple European Cup. I mean, and they were struggling for a seven at the time anyway. It was a six and a half everyone was playing. I was thinking, you've got this guy who's immense. He's yeah. destroying international international players, like All Blacks going over there. And he's bullying them. And you're saying exceptional. What's more exceptional? I don't know what more the kid can do. You know, it's like... But if with St. Steph's a little bit like me. He likes to have a fun time. He's a bit of a joker. Like... Um, he, uh, we used to get on quite well as me and Steph, but well, we still do obviously speak, but it's, um, it, he's a prime example of someone who just wouldn't fit in that environment, you know, at the time. I'm yeah, not sure what it's he, like now. It's just 10 years ago. We're going back. Well, like, it's probably, eight, it's not years. actually that long ago, is it? Because we've just had the World Cup. So it'd be five years ago. So when we started, well, just when we first did the podcast, maybe six years ago, and approaching the World Cup, I remember everyone was lobbying hard for Steph Armitage to the point that everyone thought he should go on loan to Bath for six months just yeah, so we could get in. And that almost, I don't know, but he was just phenomenal. But there's, there's numerous, Nick Abendon's another one. He was just absolutely carving up, like absolutely carving up over there. But you don't see it as much because you obviously you're really, you don't get the coverage. But mm. I mean, it's a difficult league to kind of play in. But as I say, it's so much more unstructured. Um, it's more of they're more of an entertainment kind of top teams you know they want to go out there unless you play against Breathe or Ajed who are horrible to play against they just try to smother you whatever um, but it was more it, yeah but if you go to like the bigger teams it was literally people wanted to go out there and be entertained if you wanted 9-6 and you've kicked everything you're getting booed or come off the field <laughs> they're not they're, they're not happy with that you know they want to see a he wanted to see a ten try uh, extravaganza, which is which is real fun. The first year was immense, but I enjoyed it so much. So I guess, really. uh, so I guess this leads me on to maybe one of my favourite set of highlights, one of my favourite set, sets of, uh, well, probably probably one of my favourite matches in in the Premiership. And it wasn't quite your debut, but it wasn't far off it. But you, Anthony Allen, I think Ollie Morgan might might have been playing at the time when you dispatched wasps. No, we lost. We lost that game. That came up. That come up, uh, I was watching the highlights today, and you would have sworn down they actually won. Yeah, they won. They won. They won, which was a nightmare. But we were winning when I come off. I'll say that. I'll put my hand up. Say are you sure? I mean, I know you played now. I've asked a question now. Are you sure? Because I'm, in yeah. my head, it's burned into my conscience that you won. I that. am exactly. I am hundred percent sure we lost that game in the end. Um, but it was yeah, that was a, that was amazing. I think that was my my first game on TV. I'm pretty sure, but that came up on Gloucester Rugby's been doing stuff on uh, Instagram. Yeah, um, and a lot they they've been doing like uh, historic games, and that came up quite a lot. And I got tagged in it, and it was it, it was quite cool to watch back how small I was as well. I thought I was yeah. 74 kilos in that game. Wow, is, yeah, I think 74, 75. God, that kilos. is small. And that's when Alessandra ran up, ran over me a lot in that Premiership final. I was like 70, 77 kilos, I think it was in that. So it was, uh, yeah, it was just funny to look back on, but that was an amazing game. I remember 
coming out and you're playing against Lawrence Dalio, Joe Worsley, Josh Lucy, Saki, um, all the all these like Owen Redding was Irish and it's just massive players, I mean like, huge players and um it was brilliant to come out into like your hometown. I think it was like my second or third game, whatever, you know, you're playing against these guys. And uh it was it was atmosphere. I think one of the best still to this day, one of the best atmospheres I've played in. Which was phenomenal. I mean, I'm still trying to get over the fact that you lost that game. I feel like the last five, five, six, I'm seven years. I'm sure, unless, unless we haven't have have lost the game, I think we've gone to the doctor. It is, it, but it, I'm pretty it, sure. It is seared sure. into my mind that you won that. I, I can't believe it. We were, we were winning. We were losing at half time, um, 20 to 5 or something like that. Yeah, and then we back. come back and we scored three or four really quick tries. And they were good tries as well. Like they were yeah. really entertaining tries. I remember the Sinbad try, we defended for 47 phases, I think, before that. And then you only show where Sinbad does Delalio and goes over, but the whole clip of that is about six minutes long, I think, and it's oh, brutal. So, yeah, so the reason that I know I, you're right and I'm wrong, right, is because I know exactly the clip that you're think, thinking of. And he takes Delalio one way, and Delalio turn turns around to get him, and he's gone behind mm. his back, and he's gone the other way. Now, the reason yeah. I know I'm wrong is because in my mind, I was pretty sure that it was you doing that. But if, it, if, it, if it's him... I'm thinking, what what else have I actually forgotten? For, for I, can't, I can't step like Sinbad. There's no chance. It was, that was definitely Sinbad. Yeah. Uh, he was a phenomenal player. Well, it was an incredible um, team. The amount of lads in that in that team, like yourself. I mean, I thought Anthony Allen was going to be the England 12 for years and years and years. He got screwed over, mate, genuinely. Big time. Screwed over. As another kid, he, like, he chucked him in against New Zealand on his debut. Didn't do too well, obviously. He got offended by him for an inception. But he was like, he's 18. Yeah. He's the best team in the world. And then he played Argentina the week after, and he played really well, scored a try, and then they just dropped him. It was bizarre. I, mean, I can't understand the logic of in what they did to him because you know you watched him for Gloucester, and he looked like the future. In fact, well, Leicester Tigers thought he was the future. They went and signed him, and then they won what three Premiership titles with him, four or something, yeah. wasn't it? I think it's just he's bizarre. Too bad, man. <laughs> he's a good player. <laughs> he's brilliant to have to have. Unbelievable indeed distributor not the best kicker that's one <laughs> problem with him but he uh he was he was good yeah he was a really good player really uh, really good player. Did, did all you boys sort of come up together through the gloucester academy or were we all pulled from different areas and yeah similar know? um i mean morgs me morgs are the same age and was i think a year younger um but we had guys like mark foster um i mean davy lewis come after that like a lot of young boys yeah. uh james bailey uh who's Young at the time, he's a sevens coach now. Well, he was a sevens coach. Um, but yeah, we had a really good young side, and that was quite and mixed in that with some local players like Andrew Hazel, um, Pasty, and Mark Cornwall. Um, and Sinbad was technically a homegrown player, even though he's from the north. Yeah, um, Andy Hazel, all that type of stuff. I mean, it was it was a good mix of players back then, um, and some X Factor players. So it, it, yeah, it was good. So that was a long time ago. I remember watching the TV standard now, and you look, oh my gosh, it's, it yeah, feels like it's mad, it's isn't it? Twenty years ago, mate, it's a nightmare. So I, one of my, I'm not sure if you guys would have crossed, but I'm sure you would have. But one of my fa- favorite players from that time frame would have been um, James Forrester. I thought he was awesome. Oh, he was. Um, he would have been the next England eight for a long time after Dalio. Yeah, I imagine agree. phenomenal. But just you uh, were the first. Guy who was like winger pace in the back row, like yeah. proper and like step, and he could pass. We played him at twelve against <coughs> Newcastle went against the international back line because we had no centres. And Django said, "I'll play 12. and everyone laughed, and they put him there anyway. And he scored two tries and got man of the match. 
and he was unbelievable. He was making breaks all over the place. He was phenomenal. I guess I was pretty sure it was against Newcastle, and that was against. And what was that, that like? Against, like, a, like an actual Premiership match. Yeah, it was a Premiership match. They put him in there. I can't believe that I don't know that. I feel like I feel like that's something that I should know. It might be before. It might be before it was actually called the. Can't, but he definitely played well. I remember, I remember watching the game because I was on the, I was on the bench all twenty third man because I was young, and uh, I remember Django just absolutely carving up. It was phenomenal playing as well. That's awesome. It feels like a very Gloucester thing to do, doesn't it? To um, uh, even now to to throw in kids. I think of of all the clubs, I think Gloucester's got a pretty strong reputation for you know getting local lads in particular and just throwing them in, mm. throwing them in. There's, well, there's like sixteen local clubs, like literally in the town, so it's not really. Um, so it's it's just inbred in the culture. Everywhere you go, is some rugby post. And no matter where you go, everyone talks about it. It's such a rugby. It's such a rugby town. Um, I didn't. Even, I didn't. I didn't. I played football. And I didn't replay rugby till I was thirteen. What? Um, yeah, I didn't play. I didn't play. Well, yeah, thirteen. I played under four under fourteens. Yeah, when I started, and then but it was always always football. Mm-hmm. But everyone used to talk about rugby, at school, Gloucester. And, all this type of stuff. I used to like enjoy watching it, but I didn't really get into it until I started playing. And then, uh, yeah, then you kind of get into the culture of it all, and then you're in. You don't really come out, do you? So, who was it that got you into rugby? What What made you change my, your mind? My brother started playing. He was a footballer, and then he started playing for Spartans, our local club. And then I just always wanted to do what my brother did, really. So I just went down and followed him, and then yeah, I just started playing for the under 14s A year young, I think I was. And what? Uh, um, so just coming to thirteen, maybe twelve, thirteen. And what position is your brother? I mean, I, I'm, I, you, what, I mean, I guess you're going to say he, he's he like a six foot five lock now or something. No, he was he was a winger. He was rapid. He was like um, he was like the he ran southwest hundred meters and like eleven seconds. I think he did. He was really quick, but he couldn't really play rugby. But he was really, really <laughs> um, so I just went up there and found, kind of followed him, and then yeah, it kind of went on from there. Started playing it at school, going to trials, and then you pick get picked up, and then he was yeah, it was. It was it's weird how like the story goes when you look back and you see the stages where you actually get through. It's quite, uh, it's quite funny. Yeah. Um, are you? Were you upset to leave Gloucester? Uh, what, I mean, why is it that you left? I, I, I don't really know. Well, it's it more. It's funny though because I was twenty-one, and then like now that's still classed as very, very young. Yeah. And that, like, like you shouldn't. But I, I was. I got so much stick, and then Dean kind of said, "Listen, I need to go with someone else. We haven't, we haven't won a title." in two years or three years, I think. I think he had to win a title. And then it was more, he wanted to go. So, and, I, and to be honest, I, I felt like I needed to move on anyway. Um, and I wanted to kind of get out of the bubble that I was in. So I, I did some silly things when I was younger as well. So I needed to get out of that type of bubble. And I yeah. wanted to go experience and experience. And I went to London, which was a completely, uh, obviously... A world apart to, to Gloucester, um, which I which I would love, and I would love to have stayed at Irish. But there was, I think, a lot of boys left at the time I was organising my contract, and I didn't really. And yeah. I was like, oh, for my career, I couldn't stay there because I didn't think they were signed. They were wasn't. They were more interested in setting the training ground than they were signing players. So I think it was more I, I had to get out of there. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what was it with Gloucester then? Like Dean Ryan just thought he needs. I mean, I think that's a real. I mean, at 21 as well, you kind of think if you really ser- if you're really serious about winning a title and kicking on from there, you can keep a 21 year old because you're going to be there for the next 10, 15 years potentially, and also somebody else. Well, it's, 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 I think he needs something now. He didn't obviously he didn't have the faith that I was going to 
I would, I would deliver him at 10. But it was more the fact that we kept getting stuffed up front in every final. That's what pretty much happened. Every final we played, we got hammered. In, we were awesome in the in the league. And we was always awesome in playoffs, usually, around playoffs. And then when we got to like a, a big crunch game, big crunch game, we'd, we'd done, I, I have to put my hand up as well. I made some mistakes. We played semi-final at Leicester. I did a box kick. It was the, I should have never have done it. But looking back now, I should have just hit a face. Like if I know what I know now, yeah. I was only twenty at the time, I think. And uh, I, I tried to just do a, a silly box kick. Try to take the responsibility. I can do it. It's easy, no problem. No worries. And I did it, and I kicked it infield, and I think it bounced back, and it was just a calamity of errors. I think Major scored, and then we had Goody end up kicking the, the drop ball to lose a game we should never, have never have lost. Um, it was a crazy game to lose that. Um, did you play the yeah, final? Did, did you play the final against Leicester? Yeah, we played, and I played for Northampton against Leicester in the final, which we lost that as well. Oh, you've played two finals against Leicester? Yeah, I lost um, lost when Northampton, we played them when Dylan got sent off. Oh, a cheat gate. Yeah, Oof. and it was just like, what happened? But we, yeah, nobody really knew what, what happened before, and then... I still don't think people know now, actually. It didn't really get spoken a lot about after. I don't think it was more just everyone head down and just like what happened there. But I don't think it is. We were we were in that. It was a good final. We fancied that a lot, you know, because Leicester wasn't the team they used to be. Yeah, um, they had some really good, really good players, but obviously you get to a final, but they weren't the team they used to be. We we fancied that, um, but they went on to win it again, didn't they? Northampton, so fair play. They kept at it, and uh, Waller went over. Yeah. So what is the what was the conversation that was had amongst the players? Uh, Dylan presumably would have been captain at the time. If not, he's very, he's very yeah, important. It, it wasn't. It, we didn't blame Dylan or anything. It was more the thing is Dylan. What Dylan does at that club was phenomenal. Like what he does, you don't you don't see what he does behind the scenes, looking after academy players, the organisation, what he does for the boys, the so up front. So he's just a leader in every facet of the. Every facet of the word, and you got to, you got to respect him for that. And I think the boy, everyone makes mistakes. It's one of those things, and no one really heard it, so you couldn't really. It was obviously Wayne uh, Barnes made the decision to to do that, and he, he felt it was justified. So it wasn't really one of those things that was really spoken about after. I think it cost him his British Lions tour it as did. well. It did, yeah. Uh, so it was more. I felt bad for the guy more than anything, you know, because I, I respected him a lot. I played him since I was like what fifteen. Um, so it wasn't one of those where you'd be like, maybe for an hour after you're fuming about everything, like you're just trying to find an excuse. Um, but then when you kind of reflect on it, you're like, ah. What was the, one of those things, isn't it? What was the changing room like? Changing room like after you, after you came in from that from that last from that Leicester game with Northampton, was it, was it just deadly silent? Pin drop, yeah, absolute pin drop. Jim's brilliant. Jim, Jim was amazing at rallying the, the guy and being very, what's the word, like level-headed in a very pressure situation. Jim was the guy you wanted, you know. He's very level-headed and won't really comment emotionally, you know. He wouldn't be like the guy who come in and just say, because he's angry, yeah. start losing his head. He'd have to think, right, I've got to take this away. And I think because it was Dylan as well. Um, but I'm not saying that was the reason why we, we lost the even final. Obviously, it was a, it's a lot tougher to beat Leicester with fourteen men, but it was it's uh it was one it's just one of those things that happen in rugby. Yeah, you can't really do much about it. It's like the heat of the moment. I've done, I've done it. Everyone I'm sure a lot of people have done a lot of things in the heat of the moment where you're <laughs> Do you remember Do you remember who broke the ice in in that um, in 
in that changing room? Did anyone like crack a joke or was it just straight on the, straight on the coach and everyone be quiet? No, it was head down, shower. The thing is, it's, it's 12 months of, it's like you go from north, from you go from pre-season and you kind of think about the work yeah. that goes into it. And, every, and the thing is, Dylan puts more work than anyone else. You know, like he doesn't, so like, it's just one of those things isn't it? and you get to that point and it's just, oh, it's just like you it's, all that work you just lost. It's also so hard as well. I mean, when you play on the edge, I mean, he plays on the edge. And if you take him away from that, um, I think play, same player. He would have been the same player. Yeah, no, it's, you don't, you don't get this. He's always been the same since we were 15. Just in your face, confrontation. But you need that guy. You need that guy. And you can see, I see him get so much stick in the press. I used to remember seeing so much, all the stuff that's happened with, with the guy. And uh, But you can ask anyone on the team, who do you want? Dylan, you have Dylan in the team. Like, uh, yeah. that's, and that's all. And I think that matters to Dylan more than anything. More than anything. And I uh, thought it was a masterstroke by Bidey Jones to say, right, Dylan's now the captain because he was so. It's such a change of change of attitude. I felt that the Stuart Lancaster reign was all about. But uh, Dylan was a proper joker when we were younger. Proper joker, really. He, he, yeah, we got some good stories. Like we when your kids, you wind them up. You you. He was a proper wind-up merchant as well, you know. And then, obviously, when he got more responsibility, he became a bit more. He's still a good laugh and good boy, yeah. but he got a lot more, um, more straight down the line. More, but he obviously matured as well as a player. But he got so he had so much stick. That was fair play to him. And he's been in the spotlight for what six, seven years, like yeah, full on. And, and the and the England captaincy just magnifies well. everything. Yeah, he's handled it very well. I think, but it's a lot easier when you've got a guy like Eddie. Who's a strong character as well? There'd been a lot of head of rugby that would never have backed Dylan like, like he did in, in front of the press, like yeah. you know. And I think uh, I think Dylan respect that a lot because he knows what he does off it. Well, but I, this is just what I'm assuming, obviously, because I've not been around the squad. But um, he, uh, I think, yeah, I think having a strong, real strong character, Eddie Jones, who knows what he wants in his team, and he's not going to let a newspaper article change it, you know. And uh, and I think that's what Dylan needed. Someone like that, because there'd be a lot of other guys who'd be willing to throw them under the bus to save themselves. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, now I know rugby isn't quite the you know it's not quite as tribal as it once was. You know the the club rivalry rivalries still matter, not so much as say they did in the early nineties or whatnot. You went from am I right? You went from Northampton straight over straight 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 over to Leicester. Mm. How how was that, and how did that get, and how did that come well, about? I, I was talking Northampton about a contract and I just had a baby at the time. And um we just lost to Leicester in the fight. Well, no, this is before, it's their sign before that. But it was, um it was coming to like, what, two, three months. Like usually you're you're signed up by February, latest. Like I don't want to be fine, signed up after February because then you're chasing. But it was, um and it got to around February time. I was thinking, and they were saying because Mujati, there was a lot of change at the club. Mujati, Suana Tongui was leaving, or, and and they needed a front row. There. Northampton was based on power at that time as well, yeah, so they needed. And they were chasing some big players, I think, with a lot of cut. And I couldn't wait around. And then um, I had a, I had two offers off in in England, off Leicester and Exeter. Oh and wow! I, and, yeah, and I just played, and this is most probably my biggest regret. I in, bet it is. Yeah, in rugby, this is my biggest regret because Exeter would come in fifth, sixth at the time. Um, and I thought, I was, I was 27, 28, maybe 28. I was getting on. And I'm um, not getting on, but I was coming into my prime. Yeah. 
And I, was, I, I thought, we've actually don't spend a lot of money, do they? So I was thinking it'd be, I think they're going to be a great club and they're going to be competing, definitely. But have I got that time? Will I be old enough? Do you know what I mean? And they had good players coming through and I thought Leicester, are, they just played a Prem final. I want to go win a title now. That's what I want to do. And then I made that decision and I signed for Mac, with Matt O'Connor there at Leicester. Um, I signed because of Matt O'Connor because I had really good things about him. Anthony couldn't speak high enough for him, so I, I went there. And that was that was that was a silly decision on hindsight. But how Rob, would you know? I, though? I mean, I when I went to Exeter and I spoke to Rob, um, Ali Heifer, and, and the co- they're amazing club, brilliant, brilliant people. Um, so it's just a great. You could tell as soon as you walk into the club, it's just a really good club, you know. And uh, and that's been probably and it was Southwest as well. Um, yeah. It was all the stuff that I should have went for, you know. But it was like, well, I want to make this because I want to win something. And then I think two years later, Exeter won the Premier League. Oh, two, I, three years. Later. I mean, you would have fitted in so well, Exeter as well, because they send they just tend to bring the best out of their players. Not, not brilliant. Not that you need to hear this now, of course. No, no yeah. I mean, but you you talk. I mean, when you sit down and talk with a guy, it's like it is. It's you can tell they know what they want to do. They got a plan. It's just a it's a very forward thinking club, I think, and very uh, they like to look after their, their players. You know, and you can tell the environment and the. Bo- I've never heard a bad word come out of Exeter. No, you know? I've not either. And you do rumors come out of loads of clubs, um, but you don't ever hear one coming out really out of Exeter at all. So once you're through the door at Leicester. Uh, I mean, what is a club like? Because obviously it's so historic and there's, a, and there's a lot of history. But also, you know, they were... Well, how were they on the downside by then? They weren't quite on the downside, but... Well, I went the know. year after we, they won the, the Prem. So I, I went the year after they the great... So they had an unbelievable squad. They had a lot of injuries, though. Um, I think Floody was away or injured, and they knew that. So, But I started off really well at Leicester. I had five games. I think we won four, lost one um, away. But we were going really well. Um, and I broke my hand doing something silly. Now, you know? I wanted to ask about that, because did you not get yeah. banned by some... I can't remember, I seem to remember you going from Northampton to Leicester and breaking... No, did you break a hand in an A-League game against Northampton? A-League game, yeah, A-League game. What, I, what it, happened? It, it was, it's, again, it's just one of these... I want to say I've made some silly... This is never an absolute madness decision from me, what I did. What I did. Um, I, they, 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 we had Newcastle on Saturday at home. Yeah. And... Um, they said, right, we're going to go with Owen to play this game. I was like, yeah, sweet, no problem. Like, if you want to, Owen Williams. Owen uh, no Williams, yeah. yeah. He was doing really well. Floody was injured. He was training well. And he was like, listen, we want to give Owen a crack. You've played five games. I was like, yeah, yeah, crack on. Like, that's, so I, I think Owen's got, I quite like that type of style. I like the competition. You know, I like, like yeah, give, he should have a chance. I, I don't want to, I know that might be the worst thing ever in terms of, but in terms of squad, I quite like that, you know. I yeah. give, him a, give, him, give him a crack. And I play, he said, but we got a game on Monday. If you want to keep fitness, we've got Gloucester. If you want to play 40 minutes. And I was like, yeah, all right, yeah, I don't mind. Because you were just at, the, just at the club. You don't want to say, oh, I don't really want to. But I was like, yeah, I want to keep my match fitness as well. And I'm doing quite well. We had a decent side out. And I kept getting cheap shotted by this by this guy in the back row. Like, literally, he kept hitting me late. It was, I didn't know him. So it was Lewis Ludlow, it was. Oh, was it? Lewis Ludlow, yeah, Lewis Ludlow. And um, <laughs> he's actually a top boy and a really good player. Really he's a good. great player. And, um, but he was, uh, he kept cheap shot me and giving me loads of stick. And he, I couldn't, he must have been like 18, 19 this time. And I was like, 
he was this kid, like, he was this kid doing my head in. And then he kept hitting me later. I said, mate, you touch me again, I promise you, I'm going to knock you out. <laughs> and, I, and I thought, when I said that, I was like, I've said it now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I've said it now. This is the most stupid thing in the world. Because he, pro- he was like getting to a point where I was saying to the ref, are you going to sort this out? This is a joke. Like, he was coming in with elbows off, I was kicking, hitting me late while I was in the ruck. He was like, if I played to him, he was trying to get into me big time. <laughs> and then... Um, Brilliant. And we, as we went into the halftime, he gave me a bit of verbals and, I was, and we was having a bit of a go, went in. And literally the first kickoff in the second half, I think, I did a high. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST. And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Kick. And I could count one, two. And then he's come in and hit me. Like across my face there yeah. and I was like right that's it yeah and I just started swinging punches and I broke my hand and then oh. uh, and that was me that was me banned and I was out for three months Cockrell was obviously not happy at all no and, and he likes to express his anger he does yeah he does I got I saw a cinema lot in Edinburgh this year and he's he's fine he's good he's alright Cockrell he's alright he's sad um, but he was fuming with me then oh I'd be, and, I'd be uh, livid yeah, he would. I think he was fuming me, and um, and then obviously, I, and then I heard rumours they were trying to get Freddie anyway, because um, I think Freddie wanted out of Gloucester at the time, and he was obviously, and then with that happening, um, I think I could see my my uh, what's the my numbers account? What's the I can't remember the saying. I just knew I was out the door. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And then uh, so I I, I, he, I, he, I went in to speak to him, and then we sat down. And he was just like, listen, blah blah. But if you can find somewhere, you're not going to play. You can't ever stay or be third choice. Um, they want to play Owen and Floody. Um, but the worst thing is when I got fit, I played against Montpellier home and away in the Heineken Cup. He put me straight in and we won back to back and then I got dropped. Really? I was few- <laughs> I, mean, I-, I, got, I got the winning kick against them in the first away. We beat them 15-13. And then I thought, yeah, I've got a bit of, uh, got a bit of credit back there. And then the, the week after, I got the drop goal to stop them to get... Uh, a bonus point. I come off the bench and, yeah. I, and I got the bonus point to, to beat them, uh, to, to not then get a bonus point for us to be top of the thing. And I thought, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I've got a bit of credit back here. Cock was happy after the game next year. No, boom, out the door again. And I'm like, not even in the squad. I'm like, how's this happen? What's happened? So, What's going on? So, are you the kind of player that will go to uh, knock on the coach's door and say, look, I've had one good win. And I've nailed a drop goal. Yeah, but I can't. And I can't hear the ball. I can't hear the bullshit, mate. That's what I get. That's what used to kill me. I'd rather him just say, "Listen, Ami, I don't. I'm pissed off with you, right? I needed you for those last two games, and but I'm going with Owen because he's a young lad, and I want. I'll be like, all right. I'll Done. be like, oh, bullshit, mate. And he'd be like, all right. But at least I know what you're saying, and at least I know where I stand. I can say it's bullshit, but I respect you for your honesty. 
but instead you just get uh, well the thing is we're kind of looking at other op- and like, it's just it's just going around the houses I cannot be bothered with it after three or four years mate I'm bored of it I'm bored of the same answers and it's not like where they go Lammy mate I'm annoyed with this I want you to be better here 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 then you'll play yeah you don't and have the tangibles put, if, if you like you've got, you've got some instruction you've got a bit of guidance you've got you know where you stand it's just so much easier for players instead of all this Absolutely. I remember Sam Betty as a prime example of seven. You could tell, ask anyone, he was probably one of the hardest hitters in the game. He, yeah. um, he smoked Francois Lowe at full power. He's maybe not legal at the time, but he was just a phenomenal tackler. He just absolutely killed people. And um, he went in and got dropped. And then they were like, listen, like, Betty, we're just worried about your defence at the moment, your collision. <laughs> That's all I've got, and everyone, they come out and say it to boys, and the, it's like they think the boys don't talk, yeah. You know, and they come and be like, oh, "I'm not playing because I can't tackle," and everyone's like, "You're like, you, like, you what?" But it happens all the time, mate. It's just respect. It's just to fob you off, really. It's just like, God, it's just that's just yeah, make so- it easy. I don't, I don't want that. I don't want that debate, you know. But I'd rather the debate. Just so- tell me, rather than the coaches who are dishonest. Although I'd love to know who they are. Like, um- who are the coaches that you know, have really been very, very straight, very, very straight with you? Very straight. Um, and then we can go back onto lies later. Vesti, Sam Vesti was always really kind of straight with me. If he weren't happy with something that that he that I did, yeah. or game, he'd be like, "Mate, that's rubbish." And I'd be like, "Why? Why?" And then he'd be like, "Because of this, that, that." We talk about this, and I might say, "No, well, this happened, that." Happened. But you have a proper debate, right? But it's not taken personally. You yeah. know, don't take anything personally. It's not personal. Like, and then, um, but a lot of people do. They do. It's like you're trying to attack their superior knowledge or something. And it's like, no, I'm playing. This is what I think. So maybe as a coach, you should try and, like, you have to understand my thought process, why I'm on the field. Do you know what like, and then yeah. And then we can debate why that's wrong or whatever. And like, Sam, the thing is, though, Sam's mostly right. So I had to say, yeah, shut up and walk out the door. And that was so at Worcester, I guess, yeah? Sorry? And that, and that would have been at Worcester? Yeah, Dean, Dean's the straightest coach I've ever had in my life. He, like, he was hilarious. <laughs> like, he would just call me in and just absolutely destroy me in like <laughs> 10 minutes. I'd be like, just nodding, going, okay, okay. But, but then, was but it I think Dean? Was it I think Dean he quite liked it. I would have, I'll, put my, I'll put my opinion in as well. Um, and then he might get angry at the time, but I think he might respect it a little bit respect a little bit though i find my corner was it dean that signed you at worcester or was it richard hill yeah yeah worcester dean signed me at worcester yeah did you weren't in the you weren't in that playoff final were you against uh against bristol yeah yeah maddest, yeah maddest last that's got to be the best game that you've ever been part of right After, in terms of just craziness yeah definitely like, yeah, definitely stands out stands out the best thing about that thing is when they scored their second try and they were jumping around like they won it. Yeah, I've never. I said it in the Worcester part. I've never been so angry on a field in my life. Just so angry. I was thinking, you got ten minutes, mate. You only ten minutes to go. I thought you were done. I I thought you were completely dead and buried. Oh, well, ten minutes. You then then it's like it's what we had. We had Millsy at twelve, me at ten, JB a, a young guy who plays at Cornish Pirates now is a real good player at nine, and we could all pass the ball really well. So I'm thinking, right, it's sevens now. That's what we like to play anyway. So it's fun. It's going to be fun. It's like just how wide can you get the ball? <laughs> and uh, we knew they would, they would blow. They would break. 
because and then when we scored that first try, we was like going and going, it's happening again because they lost like two or three. <laughs> yeah, because the last year before that they lost to London Welsh, maybe I think. Yeah, London Welsh. They've lost it. Yeah, they lost London Welsh. Was it before that? I think it was. I'm not sure. I, even got, I don't think they even got something. Oh, well, it might have been Exeter. Exeter. Oh, that was, no, no, Exeter was a while ago. No, they've been the Prem for six years now, seven years. No, oh, maybe it might even be it's ten. But they definitely Only. lost. Like they, they, they lost, definitely I lost, think lost like, six finals in the bank, six or seven finals on the bank. You know, with two legs, and it's, that's that's got to be mentally scarring, oh. surely. Well, the, the thing about yeah, they're they're a really really good side. You can see they're going to be they'll be uh, they'll be challenging Champion Cup places easily every year now. I think. I mean, if you think about how you felt um, for Northampton or Gloucester when you lost those finals, at least you know you were the second best team in the Premiership and you're going to go back into the Premiership, you're going to go back to Europe, you're going to do that. Those yeah. boys at Bristol have got to go back to bloody Ealing or oh, somewhere. That, that, that was the... I remember we kicked the kick and then we, obviously the scenes after was immense. We were all running around. And then I remember looking and you play against these guys a lot. I mean, like it was Peely... Nick, Nicky Robinson, Nick Robinson, yeah. um, like Jack Lamb, um, Parise, like a lot of lads you played against, and you kind of know a little bit through just playing against three. They may be in that time out after whatever, and they're just on the floor like distraught because they've got another <laughs> <laughs> You know, and just, I'm just like, oh, and then it kind of hit them because these guys are like seasoned pros. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And they want to be playing the top. They're international guys, you know, and they want to be playing at the top. And they're getting to like, towards the end of their career, and you think you don't want to be finishing off your career in the championship, you know? It's like it was a bit of a, a bit of a realization, then it was like, oh, because they're actually a tough league, horrible league, mate. Because they're actually signed, aren't they? They're, if you think about it, they're signed, as I'm sure that you were, with the promise of getting up. You're the guys that are going to get us up into the promised land. We're going to get back, get, get, get back to the Premiership, and then we'll rebuild from there. And when it doesn't happen, that's, that's, that... that's the plan, isn't it? That's the plan. We kind of we when I signed, I thought we I'll be doing two years in the Prem in the Champ. That's pretty much what you see. We've got a young squad. If we go up this year, great, but we want to develop a young squad and bring it into a point where we've uh, we're not just buying lads at the end of their career. What Worcester did for a long time, you know, lads at the end of their career who just want a payday. Um, and uh, and it, we went up, I think, a year earlier, if I'm honest, because that was that was a tough year when yeah. uh, they survived again. So they're doing all right. Yeah, I mean, if you look at that Worcester squad, there's a lot of guys in there who are absolute quality, who probably weren't household names. I mean, obviously, had Chris Pennell and yourself. But, you know, you mentioned Ryan Mills. Ryan Mills is class. Ryan Mills, world class. World class um, knowledge of the game as well. Really, really good. Highly, higher rugby IQ Mills has got. And you've got players like Sam Lewis for seven. He's a phenomenal player. Really, really good. He should be... He's Welsh lad, but he's a phenomenal player. Some really top boys there. He got a good squad. It's, I don't. I just. It's just. I don't know what's wrong there. I generally from the top though has to be. Yeah, culture wise. Was there anyone that you particularly hated playing against? I mean, you mentioned Lewis Ludlam earlier. Anything hanging on the end of their name? There was a nightmare, absolute nightmare. And they'd pick me out all the time and shout my name. Manny was actually most probably not the most vocal, but. He'd still try and pick me out a lot, which Alessandro would shout my name. Really? Lam, lam. Yeah, and I'd be like, ah! <laughs> so you have, to try, you have to try and act like you're uh, you're ready for it. Don't you? So you're like, come on, <laughs> you why, why, why <laughs> why am I trying to chop a six foot four, eighteen stone Samoan? What? <laughs> I, I don't know if you've done this. I know that I have. 
But have you? And it's not enjoyable for the guy for the guy involved. But have you ever watched the Nick Abandon versus the Two Alangi video? Yeah, brutal. Isn't it? It's brutal, isn't yeah. it? But I and then Maffey, he, the end as well. Steve Maffey gets him at the end. Oh. <laughs> he still gets up though. That's what I love about it. He see, he still keeps on going. Bendy is the toughest public school man I've ever come across in my life. I reckon he's went to Chatham College, very posh around it, very posh around around the Gosh area. But he uh, he's a tough boy. I've seen him get killed. I remember, did he get hit or was it Foles? I think he got hit by Tuolangi and then immediately rolled over and was sick. Oh, like I don't he, know. Who was that? I think... Uh, I remember Halafia hit boulders, uh, Adam Bolden, which is one of the worst impact in the tackle I've ever seen. He was like a car crash yeah. and then boulders rolled over and was sick. Oh, and I think he broke his sternum. I think I think Bendy was sick immediately after a shot as well. Was it Foden? I can't remember. But anyway, they 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 love a they love a cut in on the fullback. So if it's quick hands, the yeah. fullback's got to get brutal, brutal. Do you, do, you, do you ever look back? You know, when you think about the size of these guys, you know, just how brutal they are, and think, how the hell did I last for so long without so many injuries at seventy something yeah, kilograms? Worse over the last four or five years, honestly, honestly. I, I mean, because you used to have props. Like you play against about six years ago, where you'd be like, "I'm very happy to be in a in a five meter channel with this guy who I can step and manipulate." You no, know? but yeah. like now they're freaks. They yeah, are absolute right. freaks. Um, they can they like sh- powerful. They've got good footwork. So quick over ten to twenty meters, like rapid. They're most probably they're wingers, front rowers now over ten twenty meters because they're so powerful. Um, and you, can, it's not really like a mismatch. On there is when it gets later on in the game. Which I think this rule of lads, uh, no subs. I was really against that to start off with. I'm against that. See, I was really against that to start off with. Yeah, yeah. And then I thought, what they want is collisions to come down. And with that, you have to have weight to come down. And to play 18 minutes, you can't be 120 kilos. No, in, no, in that type of game. You can't be 120, 130 kilos. I think props would come down to 110. Back rows would be more around 100 kilos again not 110 115 kilos because you couldn't last well where do you stand on that i mean i know it's quite topical it's quite nauseous and rugbyish i guess but um you know there is a lot of debate about we should depower the game and whatnot and i i've never played at a high level so i don't really know but from a spectator's point of view and you mentioned it before you love the entertainment value god i i can't i can't get the lads big enough i mean i i think just yeah, you know, exactly. yeah. i mean if you get these ridiculous athlete to and it doesn't impact on the game and you keep but the, it's, everyone's worried about injuries they talk about injuries and concussions all the time that's what everyone talks about don't they and then they're talking about the impacts of collisions is especially at rut time I think it's probably the worst but I, I don't even think it's the game is that dangerous I think the training is the problem it's not regulated it's not regulated and I've seen things happen in training where I'm like that is absolutely and it gets encouraged because it's like a physical match, it's a macho thing. You're competing against your opposite number. Yeah, the backs don't backs don't really do it. Like, but I've seen breakdown drills where people are flying in from the side, shoulders, and it's just people getting hit left, right, and centre. And you it's not regular. And you don't know the story behind it as well. I think that, that's another thing which is important. I was talking to a lad who plays um, plays in the Premiership, second row, young lad, and he's just saying. He, he loves the confrontation. You know, he he loves to you know yeah. mix mix up. And for him, he's probably fighting for a contract. Definitely. And then if that's not regulated in malls and scrums and rucks, it, it can get a blood, it can get brutal. I remember I've seen academy lads go on, right, just put your head over this bag. 
right? And then you've got international props. These are 19, 18-year-old kids just come out of school. Obviously, no, like, no, no yeah. impact on that. And they're just putting their heads on a tackle bag. And people kept running in at, what, from 10 metres <laughs> and just And I'm just stood there thinking, are we really doing... I think this is ridiculous. And these kids, and because they can't, they can't come off, you can't come off the bag and be like, no. oh, mate, that's... That really hurts. Not for me, thanks. Yeah, oh, it hurts. Like, whatever. So everyone's like, yeah, what are you doing, mate? Get back on that job. But it's banter at the time. But looking back, some of this stuff, mate, oh, it's yeah. like car crashes. And then I see like a game on a Sunday. Say if you've got a game on a Sunday and then a game on a Friday. I feel front five, I wouldn't play. They play on a Sunday and they do these scrums where it was touch, engage. Yeah. And they smash. And I remember, obviously, I'm right next to it. You could hear it. It's like a, it is like a car crash. It's the best way to explain it. I'm so glad they took that away. And then literally, they'd have Monday off where you have a thing, and then you come in on Tuesday, and they do a live scrimmaging session. Uh, yeah. And I'm just, we're looking out the windows back, and we're just like, what, what is going on here? This is insane. This can't be good. This cannot be good for the longevity of your neck. It can't be good for the longevity of the neck, but it's bloody good to watch. I mean, I, not to sound too mystery on it, it's bloody... I'm lucky enough to get to watch training occasionally. This is it. This is, this is, this is the debate, though, isn't it? Is it, are you a warrior now, and you just go, you come this way, and you just go, right, we're, you're, I'm here to entertain. I'm going to put my body through the 15 years, and we don't really regulate too much on health. Or we're going to go the other way and be like, it's got to be the safest way possible. It can't be that. It can't be that. You know I mean? This is what I'm saying. It's two different schools. If you keep going down this way, the game is going to suffer massively. But Because I feel like you play rugby for that element of risk, for that element of confrontation, for that element of aggression and things like that. That's the whole reason why most people, most kids especially play. So you start taking that out of the game... I don't know. I don't know. It's a, it's a funny one, isn't it? I'm, you, I'm with you, right? So here's why people play. Because no, it's elitist in the, in the sense that not everybody can play it. I don't mean in a class way. It means exactly. if you can play it, even like at the lower levels, like yeah, that's a pretty good thing. If you can play front row, I mean, you're basically a hero da, you know, da, uh, down at yeah. club level. And you're a massive hero when it comes to the premiership. Yeah, if you, you are. And in France, you're lauded. But it's, it's the thing. I, when they make changes... To prevent to the you can make changes to the amateur game to make it safer. I understand that completely yeah. because people have got livelihoods um, and and things like that. So if I get in, say if I'm a, a local tradesman and I injure myself playing a bit of fun on rugby Saturday because some guy comes in and shoulders me whatever and I can't work for two weeks. That's, that's a nightmare, isn't it for that guy? But if you're a professional athlete, you're getting paid if you're injured anyway. You know the risk. You've signed up to it. Exactly. You advise these guys. Um, like and, and the people talk about the the ruck not being regulated and like people just coming in smashing people off. The whole point of a ruck is quick ball. That's all you care about in attack, and all it is in defence is um, all it is in defence is to slow it down in that ruck. That's all it, it pretty much is, any way possible. So to the rules, obviously, is as much as you can stick. So if you start saying let's make it safer because we don't want those blokes jackling to get cleared out. That is going to have a massive effect on the game. The rollout they want to get rid of, they're saying cruise ships could go. I, a local game, I understand that, but it's not putting anyone in direct health. Like, you might get a, like a cruise ship go, whatever. I understand that. This yeah. might be a terrible opinion. I don't know. But I mean, if you're at that level, people are paying money to come and watch people play, and you're getting a lot of money. Well, maybe not now, so that's a different, a different <laughs> yeah, yeah. thing. Um, to, to come watch. So, like, you. 
you're there to entertain as much as you can. So I, I'm, I'm all for like, I've got uh, courtly laws. Like, you smoked me late about 15 times in a, in a row. Like, you don't get, you know, when you pass the ball, you get absolutely destroyed. You tend to get it all the time. <laughs> That's like a, a 10 yard run up, and it's like a javelin coming just to absolutely kill you. You've got no protection. That's a that- lash and. Isn't that why you're so good? I mean, isn't that why you've made your money? Because you can still execute the pass and worry about Courtney Laws in about two seconds' time. I mean, that is a skill in itself, isn't it? You can't really worry about it. That's, that's the yeah. point. You're just going to get in shock. So if you do, you're not going to execute the pass. And that's what Courtney wants you to do. Courtney, like, coming out to put as much pressure on you as you can. But that's the game. Yeah. Like, we're in a that's why you're getting paid. If, if that is ruled out, people who are less talented than you can have your job. I don't, I don't understand it. I mean, it, it, the worst thing is that people are making rules that have played the game 25 years ago as well, and they're trying to make it out like it's a school game for kids to come and um, watch on TV. And right, If I'm a kid, right, and I see someone get absolutely smoked, and I think, so, or someone do, I'm thinking, that's amazing when I was growing up. That's, that's what I want to be. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I want to be that guy. If I see some guy come in and he's trying to ruck and he's trying to wrestle and like, then it makes the ruck slow. I don't want to watch that rubbish. Yeah. I want to see someone come in, boom, smack The one that I love, right, is it's so dangerous mothers won't let their kids play. I'm not being funny. I never wanted to play a game because my because my mother wanted me to. In fact, that that would probably be the actual incentive that that my mum yeah. doesn't want me to play. It's, it's people who say that who've never been to a rugby club and never been into a, into or, or played a game. That's yeah. and it's the same with boxing. People go on about. But I think boxing should be in school for bullying. Yeah. I, I think boxing is phenomenal for discipline, training, and self defence. I think boxing is an amazing sport. If you put if you put boxing gyms. Because you can't chop in a boxing gym because you get punched in the face. Right? So you can't be an idiot. Do you know what I mean? So you have to have respect. You've got to treat everyone around the gym with respect because otherwise you've got to go with the gym and have a fight. Same as a rugby field. If you're in a rugby club, you treat everyone with respect equally. And then, because otherwise you've got on the field, I can smash you or I can, do you know what I mean? I can do whatever you want. Yeah, you've got so to be you very careful. Mutual, yeah, yeah, you've got that mutual respect. So I think contact sports and people trying to eradicate it. Yeah, I mean, they would. Like, what are we all going to do? We're all going to walk around soon with just, um, what's it? What's bubble the, wrap or something. Bubble wrap on us where we can't get touched. We don't want to get hurt. We don't want to be talked to in a, in a way that we don't find. It's just like, come on, guys. Let's say we'll just chill out a little bit. Sure. Yeah, it's a difficult one because I think what they would say, if I was to make their argument for them, and I say they, yeah, you know, the these, yeah, like, like rugby Twitter for want of a better word, but I think what they would say is, look, it's dangerous enough. It's dangerous enough and we need to limit the risks as much as possible. And I kind of, it's a very hard it's a very hard argument to argue against because you start off with something, it comes something else and something else. Before you know it, it's completely it different. End. It yeah. doesn't end. It doesn't Never end. Ends. That's the problem. You give you give one thing and then another thing, and by the end of it, in ten years, it's not going to be the same game. It's going to be like NFL. Yeah, it'll be more people, more pads, more. It just it won't be the same game. I do, that's what I think. I you, do. You, that's the thing. People want more. Yeah, I do wonder if it is you know maybe maybe with the dinosaurs as it is and you know that's just the way society's going and yeah maybe that'll be it, it. Might well be. i might be well out of t- i might people yeah. might watch this and think that's completely utterly wrong but I, you have to be safe that i think fair enough that's that's complete uh it's a different opinion isn't it? But yeah I, often, I just i often suspect i'm massively out of touch but who knows like, you want to watch 
a hundred meters where like the people aren't doing everything they can. I think you should have a steroid Olympics. That'd be amazing. See how fast they can. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm a hundred percent with you. I actually yeah, had this argument with um... how fast a human can actually run. That's what I want to say. Well, I actually had this argument with a, with a journalist. I interviewed Matt, Matt Lawton, who is a, a wonderful journalist, a wonderful writer, good guy. And his thing is he's completely anti-doping. I was like, well, well, why can't I do it? In fact, actually, I'm going to, I'm going to get into trouble here. But you know, if if I want to, why can't you know, why can't I? If everyone agrees to the rules, why not? I mean, you shouldn't do it if you want to be like in a if you're in a clean sport. Obviously, if you're going into like to Olympics or yeah. something. But if there was like a competition where it was like, I'll tell you what, you can do what you want. It's you, their risk going in taking it. You know, if they want to go, okay, I want to I want to do this. It's his, that is their risk to do anything. I think if anyone makes an individual decision. Then it's they they it's the same in France, which is hilarious for health and safety. So you know, like in England, where if you're by a river, they have like a big, um, big barrier there, big signs everywhere saying "Don't jump in" and all this type of stuff to cover whatever. In France, there's none of that, right? They don't want to wreck the scenery. They don't want to wreck the scenery, so they'd have just uh, a, nothing like on La Rochelle Port. There's literally you can fall in the sea straight away yeah. from, from the restaurant, walk out, fall in the sea. And it's like, well, if you did that, you're an idiot. Do you know what I mean? That's their attitude. I joke, I joke about this all the time, and um, this isn't much to do with rugby, so I'll, I'll keep it limited. But I live in Manchester, and we have trams, and all over the trams there are these warning signs saying, "Do not climb up the poles to touch the 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 electric wires." I'm thinking, like, not only should we not have the signs, we should have ladders because if you're the type of person that wants to touch electric wires, we don't need you. You know, you should be encouraged if that's if that's what you think. You should definitely send a wire. You, you don't need those people in the gene pool. That's what, that's what I'm yeah, who, I can't imagine who has read that sign and thought, oh, well, I'm not going to touch the wires now. Forget that. <laughs> I just don't, I'm with you. I just don't don't, don't understand it. Yeah, see, I'm that. If I, if I said don't touch the wires, I'd be like, why? What would happen if I did touch the wires? <laughs> yeah, what would happen if I sent someone else to touch the wires? Yeah, I wouldn't set him up to go touch the wires. No, it is though, isn't it? It's like, it's... it's so many you can talk about things that are, um like safety and rugby to the cows come on but then you when are you going to affect the product that's the problem because yeah. the product at the moment i think is really good i think to watch a proper and it has to be with summer rugby get rid of this winter absolutely oh rugby. you're wrong you are wrong there i'm afraid you are wrong you you are wrong you can't the thing is it's, it's professionally again i Completely agree. It should be summer. Amateur should never be summer rugby. It should be winter. Yes, yeah. I can see that. Amateur. Actually, amateur should be definitely because um, the thing is with a professional game, it would align align globally everywhere. Yeah. So you'd be able to sort out fixtures a lot better. So if I'm paying for a ticket right, and I want to take my family somewhere, and it's twenty twenty pound a ticket or something, I know it's going to be nice warm weather. It says on the summer, or it's more of a chance it's going to be warm weather. There's going to be a barbecue there. It's going to be music before the game. We're going to have entertainment um, at halftime. You can because it's not pissing down in minus five. Yeah. Um, and so, like, and, they have a and then after people are stay because it's still light till eight nine o'clock. It's, it's a more of a party atmosphere. You know, understand? Like, so I, I get it. And clubs will become more. I, th- I think more have more revenue. I just think it, it's just a no brainer, and it's a much better product when you watch a game um, in the summer when you're playing against. I've played against so many teams where you could destroy them in the summer. If the ball if the ball was dry, you get quick ball. You would absolutely destroy this team. But then you play three months down the line and it's 
a boggy pitch, minus five. You can't even touch the ball. It's the worst game to watch. But yet, this team that we've blown away 40 points two months ago are now, is now 6-3 yeah. at halftime. You're, you're dragging the standard down completely. But there is People... something glorious about that. I mean, there is a... There's a reason. Well, I'm, that, a tenor, I'm a player, I'm a player, so I'm going to say that. But I mean, a prop would say something completely different, I'm so, sure. So I think, right, I, I think it's the reason you go fishing. If you go fishing, right, and do nothing but catch fish all day, um, mm. you know, it's going to be boring. But if you go mm. out and just catch the occasional marlin, you know, after two days worth of uh, stalking a thing or whatever you do when you're fishing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's absolutely great. And I kind of think you need the bad matches so you can appreciate the good matches. Like, I remember, I keep joking about it, Sale, 6-3, six, um, six, win, uh, win over Bath. Loved it. Loved every second of it. Yeah. Loved the arm wrestle. Loved the fact they had to you know, still, still, Because we live in England, you're still going to get that wet day. Yeah, you are. Do you know what I mean? And you're still going to get the wet day, I feel. Um, but you're going to get, on a whole, a much better product. And But you you can sell that product. So yeah. imagine trying to go to America, right? And where they have these games, bang, 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 bang. And then you go, right, oh, watch this premiership game. And they turn it on and it's... Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think that's fair on the scrum. Um, no, but I'm not saying scrum. And then the board say it comes out of the scrum and then it goes to the 10 and I go, drop it straight away. Because there's a poor pass from the base or whatever. And it's like, you, you drop it, next scrum, hit down two more resets. And the guy kicks it out on the fall. Then it comes back to a line out. It's like you have you've been there for fifteen, like ten minutes. And not the ball's not been Are you an NFL fan by, by any chance? Do you watch much NFL? I, I watch it, but I'm not. I'm not into it like a lot of the boys are. But I, I do. I do enjoy it. I watched them train once, and I was. I thought it was phenomenal. We are here, and they are. They are happy. quite impressive. So I always think the reason I bring bring that up is because from a spectator's point of view, the sporting event I most want wanted to go to. You know, in in hindsight, no one ever knew it'd be this good. It was, I think, yeah. Seattle versus uh, the uh, Minnesota Vikings, and the reason I bring that up is because it was, I think, on record as the coldest sports game ever played. <laughs> so everyone, everyone is outside; they're all wrapped up. You had to drink your beer. I think you've got like a three-minute window to drink your beer, and it freezes inside the camp. Well, awesome. I'm thinking, like, that's what I want to do. That that's that's it's a beautiful, crisp, clear day. No wind, but it's yeah. minus twenty six. I think yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, that, that's what yeah, I'm yeah. all about. That's cool, yeah. But you can glad the other, but you never get that in England. The sideways rain. I remember going into the first day in Leslie, and it was sideways rain into my face. I've never yeah. seen anything like it, it and it is miserable over there. Um, it just changes so quick. Like everyone's, but everyone's tanned, which is <laughs> well. To back up your point on summer rugby. Uh, so I, I, what I was going to say is actually, you know, you do take away the boggy grounds and whatnot, but actually a lot of teams are playing on plastic pitches now. Yeah, and yeah there's and not really that much difference between playing a winter plastic pitch and playing on a summer normal no. pitch, really. I, I, mean, I played at Worcester and it's not, no, it's um, it's just the wind and stuff, so it makes it more difficult, but it's still wet. But boys don't like playing on those on those pitches at all. Did, but you're, did now, you not? You're putting 120 kilo lads on a lot harder surface and it's... Like so, Ben Teal got loads of stick for it, but he kind of got told that it wasn't going to go in. He told me that, he, that oh, the pitch isn't going down, blah blah blah. He said my ankles, knees, and all this type of stuff that I've played on it before. I don't like it, and they're like, okay, it's not coming. We're not doing it. He turned up, and there was a pitch there. Really, <laughs> I did not know that. So I, I was talking to some of the sale lads, and they were saying that the Worcester pitch was probably the best one of the lot, actually. Yeah, it's not bad. It's good. Sarah's is hot. I hated playing at Sarah's pitch. I think it's better now, um, 
I think it's better now because they've relayed it there. But when it first, it was like playing on AstroTurf. It was horrible. Like yeah. you come out cut up so bad. Like it would like some cuts you couldn't. I couldn't bend my leg for two or three days after because it was just you know those like burn cuts. It's uh, just disgusting. So, like a complete burn down your side. It's like you need a skin graft a few times. It's horrendous. So. Um, one of the questions. Yeah, sorry. So, sorry. One of the questions I want to ask you is a complete change of topic, but I really wanted to ask it anyway, uh, because you've been to so many di- diff- different clubs. Being a fly half, did you basically get to write your own ticket as to you know the clubs you went to and the money that you could earn? Was it? No, I, I, I wasn't really in that. I mean, I got paid well. Don't get me wrong, but it was it wasn't. I wasn't in that international bracket. I think if you're someone like well at the moment, say if you're damn bigger, like you've got fifty caps under your belt, yeah. and you can kind of go there. You, you're kind of saying who who's going to pay me the most money, really. Do you know what I mean? More, so, and obviously, there's decisions of it whether how far it is away for your family, and and obviously Northampton has got a real young squad. He's gone there to win some stuff as well and be like kind of the, the orchestrator of it. But that's, but you, you you can pretty much wait to be the highest bidder if you're in that international bracket. But I think with me, I always want to be wrapped up by January. Yeah, I want to be in, in the contract by January, especially to start of my career. When I got a bit later towards my twenty seven, I'd, I'd wait until. So that... I'll wait until the uh, some some bidder because they get more desperate as the year go on, year go on, yeah, and then they're. That's <laughs> pretty much what it. Well, actually, I thought that'd work in your favour because you weren't in the international setup. Um, you could say, "Look, I'm going to be here throughout." You know, if you if you want to, pick yeah, well, you can. I mean, you don't you don't get paid, you don't get paid international salary. You say if you're an English player, and um, <clears throat> you can get an England international, you get 170k, I think, off the RFU. Anyway, don't you? So uh, yeah, pay- you can't. Yeah, it's quite complex. It's a system of credits, and the RFU pays the club, and the club can or cannot pay you, but they usually do pay you. But the problem- no, but, the, you know, but it does. Yeah, but it does. Like the club gets 170k. They might not go into your into your, into your thing, but they can just offer you 150, and you're on what? Is that 320 or something? Yeah. It, well, it's enough. As I understand, it's a little bit more complex than that. Not to be boring now, but say if you get the credits and you're playing for England and your contract is structured around getting the credits, and then you come out of it, your contract then applies the salary cap. So you find clubs trying to ditch England and internationals who were internationals last year, but not this year, because their salary isn't covered by credits. Sorry, that's horrendously boring. No, no, but I actually, I quite like stuff like this, because I, I, it's, um, I don't really know the politics of it all anymore. Obviously, you see, I come out of the, of the England set where when I moved to France, it's obviously things have changed, but it was, um, yeah, it, it, it I, well, I think when that comes out anyway, but it's more, I think with payment, if you're an international guy, you kind of, you have so many offers so quick. Yeah. And then it's more, then like when I started, like, you'd have like five, five offers by what, January. Do you know what I mean? Like, like two weeks in January, you'd have five or six offers where you can kind of go, oh yeah, I like that. I'm not too sure, blah, blah, blah. But then when like, you get a bit, especially now when like, the salary cap become. Um, such difficult, so difficult. Like you know, it was like they got people got shrunk, and then they said two marquee players. But Bristol got it quite well, I think. I mean, they they got a lot of young lads. People say, "How are they on the salary cap?" They got so many young players. Oh yeah, most probably not on over twenty k. Like, do you know what I mean? And then they've got some eight or eight eight superstars, whatever. Um, but I think that's the way it's going to go now. I think you're going to have a lot of young players um, on hardly anything until twenty one, twenty two. Yeah. And if you make that step up into the international and you get selected, you'll get paid well. Um, but that middle tier, 
I think it's kind of you couldn't be more right. You know, you couldn't be more right. I was I interviewed Charlie. It's going to shrink. Yeah, I interviewed Charlie. Well, players like me who've been around for like like I did on my career. I didn't really make that step up at 22, and then I played and and was on a good salary for what 10, 10 years after that. I don't think you'd be able to make because you you have to start thinking what you're going to do after. Because I've still got to work after, you know. Um, like you say, but if you're on 20k, you're not going to take that until you're 30, are you? Yeah, you know, and like, I just don't think taking a million off the salary cap with all this con- uh, with the pandemic that's happened as well. If people start pulling money out, like broadcasters, and think, oh, it could be a dark time, you know? Yeah, it's a really complex situation, right? Because ultimately, these clubs never make money, right? And people forget this; they never make Nothing. money. All the difference is is the owners are paying more money now than they used to pay. And I think, so what? I mean, the owners should pay the money because actually owning a rugby club allows you to do an awful lot of other business on the side of it, which is quite profitable. You know, you don't... It's not, it's not a tax. It's not like just tax, um, not avoidance, but it's more like, they, it's like a tax write-off as well, a lot of it. You know, they can just put it into uh, an equity or whatever. They don't really even invest any money into it and the club just runs itself. So they don't really invest any money in. Like Vincent Merlin in France hasn't invested any money into the club for years. Really? really? Yeah, because it just it's a it's a business now. Lauer Shaw turn over money, they pay the players, and it's just a circle. Now it's a business. He so doesn't really yeah. have to. So yeah. I mean that I think the Premiership owners would kill for that. I think they would absolutely kill for it. And I don't know why. Every week. Yeah. Because because the weather is nice. Everyone can have a beer. Everyone can turn up. There's food, live bands. After there's a disco. You know, like it's it's a massive party atmosphere. Over it's it's. A hundred times better atmosphere in France than it is in England to well, play in. Uh, Sale Sharks went over to play you guys. Were you still there when when you played Sale? Yeah, well, I yeah. didn't play in it though. And the lads all said it was awesome. No, no, I didn't play. Other year, that was last year, wasn't it? Last year, no, wasn't it? Yeah, um, yeah it's amazing. Mate. It's best best atmosphere you can play in every every week as well. Every week, that, it's exactly that front row La Rochelle have got are beastly. The absolute beastly. Mm-hmm. Winnie Antonio is what I think six five. He's, and he's like twenty three stone, but the guy can move, and he's got serious. He's a kiwi. He's just got serious skills. I didn't realize he, that he was a kiwi. Yeah, he's a, he's, he's originally a kiwi, but he's been in France since he was eighteen. I think he signed for. He went. I think he was playing club rugby in New Zealand, and then come over when they were in the second division or third division in France. Yeah. Well, but then he's just. Phenomenal. Well, I mean, that, uh, Danny Preso looks like an, an actual superhero. This is what I'm talking about. He's, there's no mismatches with Danny. He can outrun me. He can he's step amazing. me. There's no mismatches now. He's the loose end. It's a nightmare. Absolutely. He's a machine. Yeah, he's awesome. He's an awesome player. But the coaching is hilarious. There's no analysis. There's no, it's just shouting. It's I've just shouting. A, yeah, so I've got, yeah, I'll give you um, a little bit of an insight. Now, um, was it the... Was it John O'Gibb who was coaching you? Was it? Um... Yeah, well, John will come late in the second year. He got because um, they Patrice. He moved Patrice on. Yeah, so it's, out, it's... Out Xavier, I think. So Rona Gar and um, and John O'Gibb. I don't know what they're like day to day. I have no idea, so I wouldn't like to say. But I'm lucky enough to get to sit close to um, close to the opposition coaches, and. Uh, you can sort of tell a lot about them, and the La Rochelle lads were incredibly vocal, like very, very, um, very, very shouty. And I did wonder about that because after the game, La Rochelle themselves, I couldn't quite, I couldn't quite work it out. But you kind of get a, a, a hint of which, 
you know, of the atmosphere in the team. And it didn't strike me as a particularly good atmosphere um, when they came over to the well, NGFL. That, 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 when, when I went there, it was, it was very settled. You know, Patrice was there for eight years. Uh, I think uh, Gabba's, uh, Xavier Garbajos was the backs coaches there, like, what, like five years. So it was a very settled situation, you know. And then when things change with the French, especially if it's a foreign coach coming in, and like, and they, obviously the head coaches were Jono and Ronan, but they both speak good French, but obviously it's not French. Yeah. And they put, both put a bit of structure onto things, make it a bit more like a, a New Zealand type of, we, they won't like that. They haven't got their fag breaks, have they? They haven't got their cigarette breaks uh, in the day. It's, it's a culture. They can't drink, they can't drink their red wine at, in, uh, at lunchtime. No, they don't do that that much, but it's, um, yeah, it is a different culture over there completely. But I mean, they they've got it right, mate. It is good over there, really, really good. The life and um, like the atmosphere around the games and stuff is really. I really enjoyed it. Really good experience over there. Awesome, awesome. Well, do you know what? Uh, I think God knows uh, what we've we been chatting for. How long? Oh, only an hour and a half. Uh, and I feel like we could do probably another hour and a half. To 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 be honest, but I'll let you go because you've obviously got other things to do. Um, where do we find you on social media? And are you still actively tweeting and all the rest of it? Uh, no, I've been I've been off it for a while. I can't remember the last time. It's, it, mate, it's, too, it's a jungle on there, isn't it, mate? It's a oh nightmare. Oh my god! I, I mean, but I've you, I, there were two. You can say anything, and you're going to get hammered. So I just I'm just going to keep my hands up, leave leave me out of it. Yeah, do you know I, I I'm the worst for it because I can't help myself. I can't help myself but engage, and they they just don't stop. If you don't think the right engaging. thing, they don't stop. It's relentless. It's relentless, isn't it? But that's what I'm saying. You're not, it's, it's not the real world, though, mate. Twitter's not the real world. It's, it's not the real world. It's not. And I, I can say it now because if anyone's le- listened to all of this, um, all of this interview, you deserve to know. But I, next week, I am interviewing Courtney Laws, so I can't wait to find out what he's got to say about Twitter. That that should be fantastic. Well, I th- this is the problem, isn't it? He's got a different opinion to the narrative, which. You can agree with or you can disagree with, but why attack him? It's his experience. Do you know what I mean? Like, just don't on the other flip of the coin. It's a different experience. Um, If if someone said completely the opposite to him, like, yeah, that's your experience. I understand that. But you can't, everyone just gets put into a box now, don't they? Everyone's in the same box. It's all bizarre, mate. It's all bizarre. I mean, I'll definitely listen to Courtney's. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. In in fact, afterwards, I might quiz you on some things to ask him. Yeah, oh yeah, good, yeah. Excellent. No worries, baby. really good, mate. Enjoyed that. Yes, mate. Uh, just let everyone know where we can find you on Twitter or Instagram or or or, or somewhere. Oh, I don't even I'm on Instagram um, and uh, and on Twitter as well. Um, I'm not into the Snapchat. I'm a bit of a dinosaur. <laughs> go and Snapchat Ryan Lamb. There you go. Yeah, yeah, I'm a bit of a dinosaur with it, but I'm, I'm get, I'll get there. I'll get there. Super, well, mate. Th- th- thank you so much. That was absolutely awesome. No, mate, enjoyed it. Cheers, JB. Thanks very much. Catch up soon. Bye-bye. Come on, mate. See ya. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 